Welcome to A Woman's Brew, where women talk about beer. In today's episode, we find out what a monk in London gets up to when we speak to Swiss-based brewery Schwartz Monk. I'm Joanne, and this is Tori. Hello. And we're two beer-loving women on a mission to get more people drinking and talking about great beer. Come join us. Um, today we welcome David from Schwarzmunk. Am I saying that correctly? Please correct me yes. if I'm not. Well, I that's right, and uh, I'm sure the Germans would correct you a little bit. They always <laughs> do. But, uh, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, could you tell us what? Why are you here? What? What? Why have we brought you on uh, onto our beer podcast? Uh, what is so interesting about your brewery? Well, it's an interesting story altogether. And uh, the reason I'm here really is because we're just launching in the UK for the first time. And we're brewing with a very nice craft brewery in Surrey um, that we met in rather strange circumstances. Um, but it's it's a relationship that's developed into something very positive. And uh, we're now brewing with them, uh, bringing our beer all the way from Switzerland, halfway up a mountain in the, in the Alps. And the story that goes with it is interesting, which is... Uh, helping to uh, introduce it to people but also the style of the beer is introducing is, is sorry is, is interesting because um it is what we call a schwartz beer uh in europe and a schwartz beer is something completely different um it's not a stout as everybody would imagine it would be um being black but it is halfway house really between a lager and an ale and um i'm sure i'm telling everybody uh, who knows all this, but nonetheless, um, a lager is brewed uh, with a bottom fermenting yeast at a much lower temperature and an ale with a, a top fermenting yeast at a higher temperature. And the odd thing about a Schwartz beer is that is top fermenter brewed at a lower temperature. So it really is a halfway house, but the characteristics of the beer are completely different to a stout. So you drink it chilled mm -hmm. about five centigrade. And it's got a sparkle like a lager. It's lighter bodied than a stout. Um, and it's extremely refreshing. And so unlike a Guinness, and I'm not knocking Guinness because I, I, I do drink, occasionally drink it, but it's got a bit of a sort of pipe and slippers image um, because it's, it's a room temperature beer. It's a heavy bodied beer. And it's not something you would normally drink as a thirst quencher. Somebody will undoubtedly... <laughs> Yeah, say, so, well, I do. <laughs> but I, I think I can generalise and say that most yes. people don't drink Guinness as a thirst quencher. Whereas with, with ours, it definitely is a thirst quencher. And we, we have this beer garden at 4,500 feet up a mountain where people are coming in from skiing, from climbing, from mountain biking, uh, and, and all sorts of other alpine pursuits. Um, they've just done the Klettersteig uh, and, and other things, and they're thirsty. They're really thirsty. And uh, they've done their activity, their sort of adrenaline activity, and they drink one and a half litre jugs of this stuff. Amazing. First venture, yeah. So it's a completely different experience. And that's really why we brought it to the UK, because we felt that was a gap in the market. Nobody's really heard about a Schwartz beer. It's a completely different drink, um, but it is black, which makes it stand out immediately. Um, and the reception we've got has been really good. And I've been reading the, the untapped reviews from the UK, from the places that now have it in the UK, and they've all been great um, for starts. And uh, so we're, we're very happy about that. And now we just need to get the name out there. And of course, that's a, a part of what we're, we're doing right now. Yeah, amazing. Um, so we've got it here. Should we, 
Should we crack this open now? As soon as we were talking Let's about it. Let's, Let's do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you're quite right. You just don't see uh, Schwartz beers about, and I. But when yeah. I see them, they're apt. I love them because mm. I'm a dark beer drinker, and it's just a really. They are a refreshing beer, but you're still getting the notes of the of those lovely dark beers in them. That's right. Um, a distinctive taste, usually. Yes. Yeah. So I'm quite quite pleased oh it smells really nice as well like it just oh, it genuinely does. it smells really nice i i like schwartz beers when i see them i make a cut yeah all black beers really when i see like black lager like overall black lagers stuff like that i personally really enjoy those so i go and buy them um and yeah i'm i don't even think i'd have to do uh an activity to want to go and <laughs> no. like down a pints of them like i feel like i'd be very happy no but it would not take an alpine activity to get me excited and like smelling this i haven't even tasted um, it yet and it smells beautiful it smells like it looks beautiful it's got this lovely lovely thick creamy head on the top there so in in, in switzerland uh our, our um we use this uh, slogan uh Tall, dark, and snow-capped because it always has this big white head on it. That's exactly and, what it is. Yeah, and it's come from a mountain, so tall, dark, and snow-capped was appropriate, really. Yeah, perfect. That's absolutely. It perfect. is. I just took it. It's really it nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Mm. Well, I, I can tell you honestly, um, and, and not just because of uh, the nature of this podcast, but it's absolutely true that um, in our beer garden, uh, where we get a lot of Americans actually for a, just a completely odd um, quirk of um marketing um but we we've been picked up by um this travel writer and broadcaster in the states called rick steves who's very famous out there he, he's a bit like the jeremy clarkson of the states he's a real yeah. personality and uh we get people coming over whenever he's around um but he picked up on this and um so we get a fantastic number of americans about 85 percent of our client base in the summer is american which oh, wow. is That's which interesting. is very unusual for even switzerland yeah, but they love it, and the reason they love it is um, that the American brewing industry really came from Germany on the East Coast, originally in New York. A lot of the original brewers, um, and and also from Middle Eastern, Middle European countries like Czechoslovakia, Budweiser, etc. They they all came from this German tradition of brewing. So they have always had lager. That's why you drink Budweiser lager and all the rest of these things that come out of the states are usually lagers. So they're immediately more receptive to that, but also they love the traditional European uh, brews. And so they've really taken to Schwarzmonk. And a lot of our good reviews came from them, which is why we shot to the top of the uh, untapped ratings and became the highest rated Schwarzbeer in the world within a year of launching this thing, which was extraordinary. And But I think very much due to the American market that we had. But the other really interesting thing, this is where your podcast may come in a bit, is that... I can honestly say that it's been equally picked up by both men and women. Women really do like it because it has a sort of slightly smoother quality about it, has a nice taste. It's not overbearingly hot, although it is quite strongly hot. And so women really do like it. And, and that's fantastic because the most, the biggest uh, uh, area of the market that's, ex- that's the expanding area of the market in the UK at the moment is the female market. Yeah. It went up an enormous amount last year. I've been checking this. Uh, so so that's encouraging again, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. It's because, so scientifically, women can taste more bitterness, which is why generally they don't, they don't like, I personally don't really like the really hoppy beers. I know Tori mm. does. So we're quite mm. a nice balance. But we both <laughs> love, we both love a dark, a dark lager. And this well, is beautiful. It's good. got that, yeah, it's really like the carbonation makes it really refreshing. 
Like it's just like wrote like it's very well balanced. I think it's very well balanced between like there's like a a bitterness there, but it's not an overbearing bitterness. It's very balanced out with the roastiness, and I love that roastiness. Um, And yeah, I think that the carbonation's there, but it's not so carbonated that you feel gassy and you almost feel like it's too much. But it's exactly as you said, kind of when when you have a Guinness. I enjoy a Guinness. especially if I go out and depends on what's on the bar, usually I'll just gravitate towards the Guinness, but it is very filling and you can only have so many Guinness before you're like, oh, it's too much and I just feel full. Whereas this is, there's a lightness to it, but it's not, it's not watery. It's not too thin. It's that lovely body on it is, yeah, is enough that body. it's substantial yeah it's full it's, body it's slightly still creamy <laughs> like, yeah. there's a bit of a creaminess on the end and it's just like coffee and chocolate it's beautiful but I can understand how you'd be out all day sk- I, I I can see how as a person that used to go snowboarding before I moved to the UK and it became infinitely more difficult to snowboard in the UK um but I can see how you'd have a day on the slopes and then you'd be like lunchtime what do I want for a lunchtime beer and that is genuinely like it really is nice and I'm not just saying it because I'm talking to you like it it is really nice (laughs) it's really lovely and that's that's the first time we've tried it as well we both just cracked it open for the first time yeah Joe I've I've got to say um Joe was incredibly generous because she had she had two bottles and she's just like I only have two and I'll give you one of my two (laughs) that's Um, how much like a friend I am okay well that's great nice job to have yeah Could you tell us a little bit more about the brewery and the hotel? Because it sounds absolutely stunning. I I looked at, I I saw on your website, um, Mm. there was like a link to a YouTube video and Mm. it was, uh, the view was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I Mm. definitely want to hear more about it because I saw that and I was like, oh my God, that's stunning. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's probably why I ended up there because I was hiking through um, years ago and it is a stunning location. And of course, that's exactly why it's promoted by this travel writer, Rick Steves. It's an exceptional location, and uh, this rundown old hotel uh, needed a, a reinvigorating. So that's what I did, and uh, then the, the beer came along. Um, we, we started brewing in the cellars. We've got quite big cellars down the bottom, and uh, uh, we started brewing down there and experimenting. And um, we started in two fourteen. By two seventeen, we hit on this recipe and the secret ingredient, which uh, I, I honestly believe makes all the difference to it. And um, so. Then in 2017, we started brewing and reproducing this for the beer garden. It went so well, we had to look at expanding the production and we couldn't do it in the cellars and we weren't allowed to do it. There was a rule in uh, Switzerland that you can't brew more than 50 litres or something uh, if you're in a residential uh, building. So we then went to a local brewery and we said, look, we want to brew this with you. And we set up a sort of, uh, it's not exactly a partnership, but it's a relationship that goes way beyond contract brewing. Okay. And they do our distribution. They sell it as their dark beer because they didn't have a dark beer. And uh, so with Jungfraubrau, we started to brew in much bigger quantities. And then we started to sell to other people, other hotels and, and bars. And, and it just took off from there. But the, the thing about um, the hotel was um, that because we named it after the mountain right opposite us and it was part of our view, um, it was very much an extension of what we were doing with the hotel. It, it really gave life to our beer garden. And so we now get sort of people coming to 
the beer garden specifically for the beer. I mean, which is ironic because it's the view that started it all. <laughs> yeah, that's really <laughs> then, funny. And they get there and they try the beer. The beer's fantastic. Wow, what a view! You know, it's a, it's a view. So it's, it's quite it's quite flattering, really, that we are actually getting people four and a half thousand feet up the mountain. You can only get up by cable car to come for the beer. Uh, and the viewers almost dropped a second, which it shouldn't have. Wow! But, I mean, literally, the first thing. So when I saw that YouTube clip, I was like, "That is obviously I found it because of the beer." And I was like, yeah. "Oh, I wonder where you know what's the origin story here." And I was looking through, and I saw the hotel, and I was like, "I wonder if you can stay at the hotel." Let me just kind of click around, and then I saw that YouTube video of the view, and I was like, "That is." gorgeous so i would be one of those people that were like yeah you stay at a place with the beer and oh this view is amazing can people like if somebody wanted to just book in could somebody just book in easily enough to the hotel just out of sheer oh, yeah. curiosity yeah, no, the go absolutely. now <laughs> absolutely i mean um, obviously at the moment is we've had a very quiet uh, time the whole hospitality industry in switzerland's been very very tough for us uh, last 18 months um, and normally we're much busier than we are. But um, yes, absolutely. You just go onto our website and you select a room. We've got 12 rooms or we've got an apartment um, and uh, we take people from everywhere. And uh, it, it's very much um, a relaxed style hotel, family style hotel. We have children ourselves there. And uh, um, it's not a place really where you go for anything like apres ski. You know, it's, uh, um, it's not a sort of clubbing place at all. Ours is a tiny little agricultural village. But we are linked to um, a very famous ski resort, which is five minutes above us by cable car. So you're on the slopes in six minutes and uh, you can ski to our hotel and ski to the door of the hotel. Um, but um, we're not in the main part of the resort. We're in a little agricultural village, a little bit further down the mountain from the main resort. But it's um, for us, it's, it's perfect because we've always wanted to concentrate on having a hotel in the summer that can provide... Um, a relaxing uh, environment that's in a traditional village um, as a complete contrast to a more a frontline resort, um, which, you know, other resorts around us are. Um, but at the same time, you've got all the activities there, paragliding, skiing, climbing, mountain biking, all of it. Um, but it tends to be more family-based. We get a lot of families and uh, people who come uh, to take to take time out from a busy life, you know, so a, a real break. Um, and they can relax with a beer too. So it, it sort of works really, yeah. Sounds sounds like heaven. Do you yeah. still brew there as well as in the UK no. or so? It's, it's, has it all no, gone? No, sorry, yes, we not in the hotel. We don't brew in the hotel, but we do brew okay. the local yeah. brewery young for about. So we're brewing in Switzerland and in the UK now. Okay. Yeah. Um, and obviously that has... Um, uh, been something of a challenge i mean it was a long while before i could find the right person to brew with in the uk um we got quite a long way with several breweries that were interested and then either they dropped out or we dropped out um and then covid came along which really um us up completely because yeah. we just won in 2019 we got silver at the london beer competition which is specifically to identify beer for the British market. So it was the perfect time to launch in the UK for 220. And we had to scuff, that was scuppered by, by COVID. So um, we were sort of a, a year or year 18 months um, behind schedule, if you like. But the good thing was um, perhaps waiting uh, for this brew we've got now uh, is a good thing because we think we've got a better deal. Uh, we've got a very nice um, company to work with. Uh, we get on very well with the, guy who owns brewery um and they had the patience and i think the other thing the ironic thing was 
that COVID provided us with more time to get it right because we did, this was the third brew before we got it right. And I think that the brewery might have not had the patience um, for that had they been flat out as they normally are. Mm. Uh, but this COVID break uh, gave them a lot of time to get our brew right. Um, so that at least did work for us. It's a very difficult environment at the moment, as you can imagine, uh, trying to persuade people to try something new in their bar or uh, pub uh, when they're saying our oh, sales are down, you know, we've got to really economize, blah, blah, blah. So um, at the moment, um, you know, uh, we're going around preaching about um, Schwarzmark and we're getting very favorable reactions and it's, but it's still, it's a challenge to get into new places all the time. Um, but it's, it's, I think it'll get there. Um, but certainly at the moment we're brewing in both the UK and Switzerland and uh, we hope to expand quite quickly into the UK. What's your, what was your criteria for what you were looking for from the brewery that you wanted to partner with? Yeah, that's a good question because, as you can imagine, um, as a small brewery coming from abroad, um, you need to be very careful, cautious anyway, mm. about who you involve yourself with uh, for, for two reasons. One is you don't want your success to be stolen. Uh, that's a fairly obvious one. The other thing is um, that, you know, it's very easy to get shelved and given sort of second-class treatment. Um, and, uh, you know, we didn't want to be the sort of second driver in a Formula One team. We wanted to be, you know, the first. And uh, <laughs> so uh, we 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 were actually, I think we were, we were very lucky. It was, it was sort of serendipity, really, that gave us this brewery because what happened was we got into Lidl in Switzerland last summer. Okay. Um, for the first time and that was quite a big deal for us really and we suddenly we appeared in 126 outlets in switzerland wow. and i went along there and i i took a photograph of facebook as you would yep <laughs> do my social <laughs> definitely media. and i stuck it up on facebook and then we got various nice comments from people one of which said um love your beer that's fantastic you got into little did you notice the beer alongside you in the shelf photograph you took um because that's us uh, oh. And I'm one of the brewers. And uh, so I went and looked at it, and there was this company called the Crafty Brewing Company with their, their beer there. And uh, so I, um, I looked up on Google where they were, and it said in Surrey. And I sent a, an email back to him, not an email, um, I, I responded to his Facebook comment. Mm -hmm. And I said, uh, thank you very much for comments. That's great uh, to hear from you. And I see you're in Surrey. Um, we're very keen to start in the UK. Would it be worth coming and chat? Uh, and could we come down to the brewery? And he wrote back and he said, uh, be great if you could come and see us, but we're not in Surrey. We're in Ireland. Oh. So I thought, well, that's me. <laughs> What's going on? So yeah. I, I then did another Google search and I discovered uh, a little bit further down the page, there were two um, crafty brewing companies. And the oh. short, little were actually uh, being uh, less than honest because this shelf that they were creating for craft beers, they had actually gone and produced their own beer yeah. in a brewery in Southern Ireland so that it was in Europe, not in UK, because they were using the name of a UK-registered company, but they could get away with it in, in, in Europe because it wasn't registered in Europe. So they pinched the name and they stuck it up there as if it was a craft beer. It was actually little. Uh, and anyway, which is, which is pretty deceptive to say yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> but the good thing was, I then contacted the other crafty brewing company in yeah. Surrey and said, look, you know, just by chance, I found out about you, but I've just read up about you and you sound really interesting. And that's how it all started. Oh, so it was wow. completely an accident. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, <laughs> that is incredible. I, I am, uh, uh, there's many things that I don't believe, but one thing that I do believe is I, I am that person that believes that at least most things, if not everything, happens for a reason. Because I've always found I've had these those similar type of weird coincidental situations that have sort of set the the, the people down paths. Like I've I've come to that so many times in life that it's hard to not believe that. And that is one of those scenarios where it just convinces me even more that things happen for a reason. Because how else? It feels like how else would you have found out about this? Like. Yeah, perfect opportunity. That yeah. is inc- that is crazy. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's really funny. And 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 uh, you know, if if we are very successful, which I hope we are, then uh, that that story needs to be repeated because uh, it just shows you, as you say, things can happen for a reason yeah. sometimes, and it's it's refreshing to see that. You know, yeah. It's it's some, sometimes it's a you know, if other deals fell through, you could you could choose to look at it as, oh no, like another negative things happen, another bad things happen, but seeing this happen it's kind of like okay other things might have fallen through but you know ultimately if you had partnered with somebody else would you have been as satisfied as you are with this company who you found by sheer coincidence chance like that is it is yeah yeah, that is crazy that's such an interesting story and that's definitely something that I think (laughs) needs to be put out there that's amazing yeah it's a good story that guy's really like you've got the really lovely story about the monk in the mountains and you've got this fortuitous meeting of breweries you've just got such good stories it's great no it is and 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 I think um the monk has become you know quite quite an iconic figure in Switzerland and and actually um you know it was um it was something that uh obviously with the name of of the mountain being the black monk uh you know we immediately thought well because um uh there's this long tradition of monks and brewing uh, it was a very good name for for a dark beer, and then I also looked at Sandiman's, um, the Don. I don't know if you recall the Don, but he he is the most iconic brand branding uh, goes right back to 1936, and they created this cloaked figure with the artist's hat holding a glass of port, oh. and you see that all over southern Spain and Portugal, where it is great big billboards on 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 the mountains, well, on the hillside, and. Um, it's such an iconic image. Um, I always thought, well, actually, the Schwarzman could become the don of, of uh, a dark beer, you know. So okay. um, it's given us a great opportunity, and we use him a lot in our advertising and marketing, and uh, he does all sorts of different pursuits. So we do photographs of him doing different things, and um, we... Uh, and we've introduced him as a the shorts monk in London, you know. And yeah, uh, I've got actually for those that are watching the video, I've got the little postcard here. Yeah, I love I love this one where he's in London, and it's yes. like I'm assuming this is based on um, a werewolf yes. in London. That's yeah. actually yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. It's really good. And I like the one like yeah. being from down this way. I love it. he's looking at the white cliffs there. There he is in Dover, yeah, <laughs> just down the road from me. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, no. Well, that, 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 that this whole idea really was because um, the truth is that um, uh, this is this is something we created, you know, in in, in two thousand. Well, the final recipe in two seventeen. But having said that, it was inspired by what the monks in our our, our monastery near us, which which used to own the area where the village we're in, um, they would have been brewing beer, you know, five hundred, you know, years ago or more. And uh, they would almost certainly have been brewing short beer because that's, that was the traditional 
beer. That was the only beer at that time, really. Um, so we thought, well, we'll take that as our guide. We'll try to recreate a Schwartz beer, uh, which we did. And then we put our own twists on it by putting in a secret degree and getting a special taste. But essentially, we wanted to create this uh, monastic brew uh, of the type that would have been brewed locally. So we've kept that tradition going um, and we're now exporting it. So the whole idea was that the monk is bringing it to the UK, yeah. you know, uh, this special beer. And that, that story has, has always worked really well for us. And, um, and he's a fun figure. He's always faceless. You can never see his face. Yeah. Uh, but um, he, he's a fun figure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. quite like that and I was gonna say I really yeah. like the design if anybody's looking at the video and you can probably yeah. see that I mean that's the label on it and I, I really like that design because I love that you know it's like a darker background of the mountains and and the full moon and then the the monk is in gold and, and he does have this almost air of more like mystery to him than maybe it, it seems more like a modern yet more mysterious but still true to a monk and I feel like a lot of other uh, stars when they put a monk on something it it doesn't look as um, mysterious or as I don't know this has like a the gold maybe gives it a bit more like luxury to it as well yeah. it's a bit more like sleek modern take on it and and it's like a bit of a cheeky mysterious monk and I, I quite like that um, but I think the label is genuinely gorgeous and I, and I love that idea of like yep yeah, the monk is bringing it now to London yeah. it's the monk in London like that's such a good idea yeah, no, and and, and uh, I think people really respond to that, and it is, you know, it's it's uh, obviously it's tongue in cheek, you know, he, he's he is he is um, a bit sinister in a way to look at, but actually, you know, he's basically uh, a monk enjoying his beer, and yeah. and that's <laughs> and wanting to and wanting others to share it, and uh, and that that's how we focus on it, and um, and we will use him, you know, in our marketing in the UK, you know, he he, he will appear at different places. We're, we're gradually going to work our way around the country. I was going to say, so you said um, he's you've sort of using it in the branding of export into the UK. Do you export it anywhere else at the moment? Could could people outside of the UK and Switzerland get their hands on it? Or is it kind of you have to be in one place or the other in order to have it? At, at the moment, yes. Um, but uh, we have actually exported briefly to um, the United States because there was so much demand. But it was just, we, we had all sorts of problems with that. One is obviously cost. It was extremely expensive. So people really had to want it. And the other problem was that um, the postal system, which we had to use for the final delivery, once it had been shipped over the Atlantic, it had to go through the postal system. Yeah. Uh, the way we were doing it anyway, it is strictly speaking illegal to transport alcohol in the postal yeah. system in the States. So we, 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 we decided to knock that on the head, really, uh, for the minute, although we're constantly getting um, emails from the States saying, when's it going to be available there? And I think at some point we will seek some kind of partnership to do what we've done in, in the UK with a good quality, relatively small craft brewery in the States to get it out there and, and use them as a sort of pilot brewery to try and get it into the States. Um, and that's, that's really our, our approach is it's very much a low cost way of trying to broaden our export of the beer. We can't export from Switzerland really because the cost of production in Switzerland is so high, it's the highest in Europe that by the time you've exported and paid any kind of duty, um, because it's not in the EU, um, we, we cannot really be, you know, we, you can't really sell it because it's just too expensive. You know, it's getting like an expensive wine. So it has to really be manufactured in the country 
that uh, and also because ecologically that's not such a bad thing because you otherwise you're exploiting you know vast quantities of water when you could be brewing it more locally and not using so much carbon or acid. So I think that that's probably the future of most brewing. Um, that you make sure that the quality of the brewery that you pick is good enough to represent the beer you have, and then you go forward from there. And, and so if we get it to the States, which we're fully intent on doing, um, it will be uh, through the same um, idea that we pick a smallish brewery with a quality image and push it from there. So it's quite a slow growth strategy. Um, you know, we don't have huge capital resources ourselves. But we feel that you can grow organically if you start off from the right sort of seed, if you like. If you, if you plant it as a seed in a country with a quality brewery and then build like that. And if you've got patience on your side as well, you have to have patience. Yes. Uh, and you don't get rich overnight, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, that is true. true. And I know, like, you know, talking about sending it to the US being difficult, like, I know just sending it within the US from state to state is incredibly difficult. So uh, the idea of even trying to send it, I mean, my sister in the US, she tried to send me beers. Um, she, I was supposed to go back last Christmas. That didn't happen. Um, so I'm going back this year. But my sister kept collecting these beers that were being released so that when I came home last Christmas, we could drink them together. Um, thankfully, they're stout, so they'll keep another year, which is fine. Um, but she was like, can I send them to you? And I was like, absolutely, please do not. Because I said, you try to send that across and you're technically, as you said, it's it's illegal to do that. Yeah. I was like, somebody, it's going to go missing and somebody's going to yeah. end up with they a, said, a, a yeah. lot of money's worth of beer and I'm going to get none of that. And I was like, so please yeah. don't do that. So yeah. I don't blame you for saying it's just too difficult to do it that way anyway. Yeah, so I think that's the only route really for us in the future. Um, take the same approach in the States, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. So when you were um, perfecting these recipes with the different people, you know, with the company in the UK, did you have to go? Did you go and meet up with them? Was it done virtually? If you were to do something in the US like that, would that be something you could do virtually, or would it be something you'd have to go there and really work and develop with them? How, how does that work? Quite interesting. Yeah, I think you've definitely got to go there and develop it with them. Um, we. Um, Joel was based in the UK and he'd been out with us in Switzerland for some months and, uh, you know, uh, developed working knowledge and everything. So of the, of the way we produce it. And then uh, I came over as much as I could. COVID made it more difficult, but I did. And uh, we, as I said, we rejected the first two brews. We did two pilot brews and they, they just weren't quite there. Mm. Uh, I mean, a good beer, nothing wrong with the beer, but it wasn't the right beer. And right. Um, so you do have to do that. And I think um, the processes are different anyway, because um, the techniques for producing beer over here, over in Switzerland, rather, um, are, are different, different equipment. Um, and then the, the British breweries have to get used to the idea of um, uh, brewing at a lower temperature um, and, and uh, uh, to some extent um, to balance the water. Uh, there, are, there are a number of different things to consider. Um, altitude, in our case, funnily enough, um, oh, wow. because we're brewing at a lower altitude in the UK by some distance. Um, we had to um, quantify that and allow for that in the brewing process. Um, you know, um, and and uh, it, it is quite tricky to get it right. But I think I think we have, um, and uh, it's definitely worth it when you do get it right. Yeah, yeah. But you do need patience to get it right. It's not something you can just sort of send as a recipe across the Atlantic and say, right, we'll get on with it. <laughs> right, yeah. And expect them to get it right because it, it, it's, um, 
you know, it's like, well, I'm sure chefs would say the same thing. You know, you've probably got to be there to show somebody how actually you produce something that's really good. You can't just write it all down. It's not, not that simple. Yeah, very true. I yeah, know, definitely. I would have thought about, I, I, I was going to say, oh, I'm sure it's probably the water difference as well. Probably makes a difference. I would have never thought about the altitude. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that. So I would have never <laughs> popped into my mind would be, oh, altitude <laughs> would make the difference. That is insane. Yeah, no, it is. It's, 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 it's interesting. And, uh, and, and I only learned these things, you know, um, as I went along. It's not like I came to it with a, a fantastic knowledge of brewing. I didn't. And I had to learn as I went. And, uh, um, and and I knew nothing about the effects of altitude or anything like that. And I just you know, picked this up from the people we brew with, really. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it, but it's been very interesting. And it's, it's, it's added to the story, too. Yeah. What made you choose the UK as the next place to send the beer? Uh, well, I think um, it, probably number one is it's easier for me because I am British. Um, I have a small business in London as well. And uh, so we, we had immediately had an office in London. Um, I had um, I did have a venue in, 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 in London until about 10 years ago. And uh, we're now selling in that venue, which helped, which we needed to have. I think one of the big successes of Short Smoke definitely is due to the fact that we had our own beer garden. So we could use that to get feedback immediately. And um, also we were able to promote it uh, because it was our own beer garden. And that helped in the initial uh, stages with Schwartz Monk in, in Switzerland. And it will definitely help that we now have this. Uh, it's on a boat, actually. It's one of a venue on a boat. And it's right next to where our office is, which is also on a houseboat. Wow. In and so we've got our own place to actually promote it there. Um, the monks already appeared on the boat you know and and i think that's really crucial and i think most good craft breweries have their own tap room in which they can uh you know generate uh enthusiasm for their brews and explanations for their brews because mm. if you just get a good beer stick it on a shelf somewhere um a why would anybody pick it up particularly and b if they don't know anything about it they may not actually think about it when they're drinking it uh and you really especially with shorts beer being a different beer you need people to think about it and say, oh, yeah, yeah, this is different. Uh, I get this. Um, and uh, uh, so explanation, I think, is really important. And uh, for the UK, it was a logical move, really. We had a number of advantages over any, anywhere else. Um, and so we also had some following in the UK, too, because we do get some British visitors. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, so that was why, really, yeah. No, that makes sense. And it makes sense why you've gone, you've already explained sort of how you got to the the idea of going with the dark beer. Um, would, would you guys ever consider brewing uh, any other types of beer or are you just kind of, for the time being, is the plans completely just to stick with a Schwartz beer while you roll it out across different countries or is there any expansion plans in the future? Well, the business plan's always been to stick with one beer. Uh, it was, it's, it's a one beer brewery, really. Um, I mean, obviously that's what Guinness did very, very successfully. Um, I like the idea of focusing just on the one beer. You know, we've got the monk. Um, whether the monk could be diluted into something else, I'm not sure. I, I don't think we have any plans to do anything other than Schwartz Monk. Um, I suppose at some point we might, because there is an expanding market for it, uh, do a non-alcohol. Uh, ah, yes. Because yeah, I think we yeah. could retain the taste and lose the alcohol if we had to. So that's the one possibility. But I think for the minute, no. And certainly as far as broadening into other brews, no, not really. I think we just stick purely with that. Um, and uh, it, it makes our marketing easier in a way, just having the one brand, yeah, the one brew. No, definitely. definitely. Makes, definitely makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so I've I've not been to Switzerland. It's definitely on the list now. Um, is, is the drinking culture different in Switzerland to the UK? Do you think is that an influence on the beer? I think yes. I think the drinking culture is different. Definitely, um, you don't get the sort of uh, Friday night, um, you know, uh, that you get in in, in England uh, at the end of the working week and all the rest. So you don't really get that in Switzerland. They're not, mm. They don't. Um, they don't drink like that. They are probably more moderate in their drinking um, in terms of their, their, their collective drinking. I mean, they, when they get home, I don't know what they do, but um, certainly it's more moderate and um, it's more based uh, in our case around um, activity and then quenching thirst. Um, and uh, it's also uh, very uh, much a, a broadly based cultural event um, it's not cliquey, I don't mm. think. I think in England it can be a bit cliquey sometimes. It certainly used to be more male-oriented than it is. It's, it's certainly moving now um, in a much more equal way, which I'm, I'm extremely pleased about. And I would say that if anything, probably um, in Switzerland, where we are, um, it's, it's a very broadly based um, um, drinking event. Um, you, you know, people come in, male and female, uh, and drink in the bar but it is different definitely um and uh i think um there's no binge drinking i don't think in, yeah. In, in, yeah that's not something that you really see in switzerland uh certainly not amongst the swiss anyway uh, you probably would if you go to some apres ski places yes undoubtedly but if you're talking about the european uh drinking as a culture i'd say there's no binge drinking really um otherwise um I, I mean, there's a good choice of beers now in Switzerland, although they were quite late to pick up on the craft brew mm, um, broadening of of, uh, of beer choice, which I think the the UK to some extent led, certainly the states too. Um, so I think uh, we're, we're catching up with that. There are more 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 beers available than there were, um, but yeah, there are differences definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. Thank you. I, yeah. I can't think of anything else because that was the question I was going to ask. Is there anything else yeah. that, that you've got, Joe? No, I think that's it. Uh, where, If people want to buy this beer, and they should because it is delicious, where can they get it? So we are, first of all, if you go on our website, uh, we now have a grid map to say where it's available. Amazing. We'll put so that in the show notes. To, yeah. <laughs> so you just go on to shortsmonk.com and shortsmonk is... Um, not spelt the way you might think. Um, it's S C H W A R Z M O N C H. Uh, so we stuck with the European monk rather than the, the British one. Yeah. Uh, but if you go on shortsmonk.com, um, you can see a grid map of where it's available, both in Switzerland and in uh, in in the UK. And so it's available in pubs, um, uh, rather sort of spread out. There's one in Gos, one or two in Gosport. There's uh, one or two in Surrey, there's um, some in Buckinghamshire and progressively, and then there's a couple in London. So you can get draft shorts monk in those locations. Okay. And there are various number of places also that are selling bottles as well, including the wine rack and various others. And of course, you can buy it online. And probably the easiest way at the moment uh, to guarantee getting it is to buy it online on our website. Amazing. Um, can we get the glassware? Um, and- <laughs> I was going to ask that. That was my. That was actually my last question. Is, can you get the can we get a glass? I want that glass? Where, where do we find the glasses? Um, the conversation I had with Joel before coming on with you was yeah. about ordering the glassware. Yeah. Uh, uh, because we only have a very limited amount of it at the moment. But um, 
we we can probably send you a glass actually. But the, we've got um, just a, a very small quantity in London, and we're just about to reorder because the glasses are actually coming from Germany. Okay. But as with everything, not just fuel, uh, there's a massive delay on delivery. Yeah. And we're discussing that, but we have ordered. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Because yeah. that's what I was like, I want to yeah, buy. Like, we want to invest in the glass. <laughs> we like a bit of glassware, so we yeah. could we'll be investing in a glass. <laughs> Yeah. yeah exactly well we'll have to get you one yeah yeah amazing thank you um, anything else you want to plug before yeah. we say goodbye no i i think um you know if if you uh if you do like the sound of shorts Monk, do go onto our website see where you can get it in the uk it will expand there will be more and as as we get into new places uh it'll be on our grip map um it, it's it's uh it's great to have it draft um the bottles uh are good too so you can always get it online if you're frustrated and not being able to get it. Um, and uh, we will continue to expand and bring it to people all over the country, hopefully, and certainly to Kent. Amazing. Yay! I'll have it down again. <laughs> amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming thank on. You so your much. beer is delicious and your story is amazing. So we're and really I'm... happy that you came on. Now we're going to look into going to Switzerland. So yeah, now you. we're going to look into going to Switzerland. <laughs> uh, thanks very much. I look forward to seeing the podcast too. Yeah, yes. Thank Good. you very much. Okay. Right, that was a really um that was a really really interesting interview. I I feel like uh people that don't like to hear us um have proper banter probably <laughs> enjoyed that because we didn't really we didn't really we were, deviate or anything. We were professional, we were professional. It was good. To the point. Um, but I really, I feel like I really learned quite a lot out of that as well. Like yeah. the whole altitude impact. I bet that stuff that people that are super experts at beer are like obviously altitude impacts. I feel it. like I Ameri- there are some that. American breweries that have to deal with that because they're on the higher altitude areas. It's just I'm sure I've I'd never of think of. Like yeah. I'd think of the difference in hard water versus soft water. Yeah. Mainly because I moved from a country that or an area of a country that had one type of water to yeah. an area of another country that had different. So I recognize that when it comes to altitudes, I think it's similar altitudes from where I moved to to where I live now. So I, I just don't even think about what kind of differences that creates. Yeah. And I thought that was really, really interesting. Um, and for anyone that hasn't heard of them before definitely go on their website definitely look at it the, the youtube video that i mentioned when we interviewed it is just the view is just stunning from that video and i saw it and i instantly was like i want to book at this hotel <laughs> it was just i was like beer a beer really patient. good kind of beer and this amazing view i was like i am in so i'm probably gonna like look up now if i can stay Switzerland. it went gorgeous view and then look at the merch oh my god that glassware is amazing so that was kind of the order that it went for me and then the beer actually it, it's amazing it's it's really nice it's and really i'm very appreciative that you shared one of your bottles i really appreciate that i was very sad that i had to give that one. <laughs> i'm glad it, and i was just like oh it's tory i can give her this beer it's okay thank you <laughs> yeah it was it was lovely and i'm glad that we got to see it and i'm i'm glad we got to talk to them because i think that is it, it's it's a really interesting story from start to finish, really. And the beer yeah. is really interesting, really delicious. And yeah, there's not really much else to say other than I do want to go and I want to seek it out on tap because I think it will be. Yes, I want to be better. Draft. I think it is yeah. going to be absolutely beautiful. It's got this really, like, so the carbonation is there to clean your palate, but it's got a real creaminess to it. And I think on draft, that would just be even more amazing. It's exciting. 
I want to yeah. know what the secret ingredient is. You kept teasing us with the secret. I ingredient. know. I wasn't going to ask. You can't ask. You can't ask what the no, secret ingredient ask. is because it's secret. You cannot ask, or else he wouldn't say it's a secret ingredient. Right, exactly. Like, I don't go like Joe. I've got a secret. I can't tell you. Right. Like, What's what your secret? It? And I'm like, secret? all right, I'll tell you. That's right. don't do that. But we're yeah, we're, we're not twelve. <laughs> Or are we? Sometimes maybe we are. I, I mean, know. sometimes maybe. But but yeah, absolutely beautiful. Cannot wait to go seek it out on, on draft and see what it's like. But yeah. for anyone that's not tried it, if you like a dark beer or you like you want something that's refreshing, you like a bit of lag, you like a bit of dark beer, you like all that, go and try it. You're not going to regret it. It's it's really, really it's nice. Beautiful. So if you, if you check the locations they're pouring out, go and try it and let us know if it tastes nice on drafts that we seek yeah. out. We'll and we can be jealous. Check. Yeah exactly and thank you again for for joining us it's absolutely brilliant so excited joe if people want to talk to you about schwartz beer where can they find oh, you? oh come and talk to me about schwartz beer because i love a schwartz beer um you can find me i am a women's brew on facebook instagram and twitter um getting into the into the twitter a little bit more um that's, that's a, I know, yeah i know it's it's hard it's just but I'm a, getting there. I'm getting there. That's a pool I will not right. tread in. If you want to, well, if you want to, if you want to send me your tips about using Twitter, a woman's brew, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, if you would like to come and learn about beer with me, and you know we can talk Schwartz beers, the best place for that is my beer school, Love Beer Learning. We are on a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Pinterest, and we also have a website which is lovebeerlearning.co.uk, um, or you can email me which is lovebeerlearning at gmail.com. And we will pick up emails for the podcast there. Tell us if you want us to do an episode on Schwartz beer. So I'd like to do an episode it. on Schwartz beer. <laughs> Put it in an email, Tori, and send it to lovebeerlearning at gmail.com. I might <laughs> do if, that now. <laughs> if Joke's on you. <laughs> I'm going to get an email in about five minutes from Tori now. Um, Tori, if people want to give you tips on um, Swiss tourism, where can they get hold of you? Yeah, no, definitely. I'm interested now. I am down. I'm interested. Uh, you can find me uh, on One Place and One Place Only. I mean, there's the blog, but that's linked through the One Place and the One Place Only. Uh, and that is on Instagram at adventures underscore in underscore optimism. Um, unfortunately, if the world ends like it did last night for social media and you can't get me on Instagram, that's on you. That's not on me. Join my Joe email will be list. fine because Join Joe will be on it. Twitter. So Join my good. email list. Join my email list. Link in bio. Join my email list. And then I will be able to contact you even if social media ends. Boom. That's that's the real reason she's super into Twitter now. <laughs> yeah, because everything else was dead. Uh, well, that has been, uh, I think, one of my favorite parts about this podcast is tasting new breweries finding out about breweries that i haven't heard about before or or finding more about breweries that i didn't know about other than their beer uh and this one was particularly interesting so yeah yeah with that go enjoy your night i'm gonna go drink the rest of my beer cheers cheers